The sponsor for the month is the Banner of Truth Trust. It is a high honor to preach God's Word, but the life of the pastor can still be pressured and tiring. The Banner of Truth Ministers Conference is designed to provide you with encouragement and rest. You will enjoy great fellowship from like-minded ministers and teaching from trusted preachers. Gather with us May 30th through June 1st in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, under the theme, Not Ashamed of the Gospel, and enjoy new friendships, find great banner books at exclusive prices, and recalibrate your heart for the ministry. Can't make it in May? Consider the West Coast Conference in October. Thinking about entering the ministry? Well, this is for you, too. Find out more at thebanneroftruth.org. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I am back with a guest that you guys would be a little bit familiar with. And if you listened to the Majesty's Men show, any of the episodes that we did last year, then you know my friend and brother, Bo Hutchess. Bo, how's it going, man? Do great. Glad to be here. Good deal. Well, let's pray. And then I've got questions for you about why you like the morning times so much. I do too. I want to hear your morning routine. And then just we can give a, a healthy, gentle nudge to guys listening in to start their day off with early mornings, because I think not necessarily that it's morally superior to the evenings, but there is something. It sure feels special. like it. Sure feels like it, right? <laughs> uh, the morning guys, <laughs> get up in the mornings. That's what God would have you do. That's right. <laughs> but let's go ahead and pray and ask the Lord's help, and then we'll get into it. Father, we just thank you for this time. We ask for blessing upon this conversation, and I thank you for a friend and a brother in Bo, and uh, I just thank you for all you're doing in his life and family and the new turns and seasons that you brought into his life. God, thank you for, for things like that, for, for transitions in life and in ministry and trying to, to navigate those. You, you're always faithful to guide us, and we just thank you that you do that, and uh, just leave this time. I trust you all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I guess before we get into a morning's discussion here and uh, about how getting up in the mornings is holy and right and standing up late is for bums. Um, once you go ahead and bring some speed on what you've been doing, because for, you know, like, like I said, in the intro, the guys listening in, they know a little bit about you if they've been listening for a while, but you've transitioned out of ministry, formal ministry. I mean, you're still in ministry with your life and work, but bring some speed on what you're doing right now, man. Yeah. So um, back in April, I guess technically in the beginning of the year, uh, 2022, I formally stepped down from my position at the church that I was attending, and I'd been on staff for for about five years. And um, that it, it was kind of a kind of a transition time. So I was kind of working for a local internet company. It wasn't I didn't leave the the ministry to work for this local internet company. It's just kind of the intermittent uh, job between you know one of the reasons why I left, and one of those reasons was um, a, a, a church member and a friend and a brother approached me. His name is Alex Toth. Um, he approached me and he has a business in Red River, New Mexico, which is about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes from Alamosa, where we're at. And he's got a great business down there. Um, he pressure washes and stains mountain homes and cabins and, um, you know, sands decks and stains decks, maintain decks, things like that. And he's got a great business down there. He's done that for about seven years. And he approached me and three other young men and just said, hey, guys, there's this great opportunity um, I'm thinking about getting out of the business in the next, you know, three to five years. 
and I want to pass it on to somebody, you know, I want to, somebody to, to join me in this work. And uh, it sounded kind of tantalizing to, to me and my wife, and we decided to go ahead and take him up on that. Um, so in April of 2022, we, we transitioned it down there. We moved down there for six months, got back in October. And uh, yeah, it was just a great experience for us um, in terms of work, in terms of our relationship with Alex. I've known Alex for about 10 years. Um, he's a brother to me. He's been a mentor to me. He was actually the leader of the college ministry um, that got me involved in the church that I eventually became on staff at. Um, so long history there. And uh, one of the things I praise God for is that we're still friends. <laughs> we still like each other after working super close you know, every day for six months. Um, and one, one of the, our motivating, motivating factors to take this job is that we have a, a little bit of student debt that we would really like to get uh, you know, nipped in the bud. And we felt that this was a good opportunity to do that. Um, we had been praying for something to do, something to get into, um, a way you know, to, to get out of this debt, as it were. And it seemed like the Lord opened this door. Um, so made that decision, moved down there for six months, found a place, and then moved back um, in October. During that time while we were gone from our home in Alamosa, we Airbnb'd it, and it was really, really successful. Nice. Um, for those who maybe aren't familiar with Alamosa, you might be familiar with the Great Sand Dunes National Park, which is a huge pile of sand out here in the, in the, you know, the high desert where um, people come from all over the world and all over the country. Uh, to check out so it was a really attractional place because we're we're outside of town our house is outside of town a little bit we have a two-story home so we could you know lock up all of our valuables and stuff upstairs um and we could rent out the bottom half that has two bedrooms and one bathroom so it really was a good situation um super busy way busier than i thought it was going to be um had tons of people come through stay in our place um, I think a lot of people who stayed in our place were uh, more of an urban setting because they really, really enjoyed the peace and quiet. We're mm. outside of town about two miles. They really enjoyed the stars. Um, so it was cool to, you know, hear people's stories, how they, you know, appreciated our property and appreciated our home. It's awesome. Um, and thankfully, you know, nothing was damaged, nothing, you know, no major repairs. So something I was really nervous for, but the, the whole process was kind of an active and a step of faith. And I think the Lord answered it and took care of us. So good. So who managed that for you? Did you guys travel back and forth or did you have a manager here, uh, there local that was taking care of that? Yeah. So at the time, you know, we didn't, we didn't really know what to expect. You know, I was kind of expecting, you know, maybe three, three, uh, you know, stays a night, three, three stays a month. You know, I had no idea what to expect, but as the, as the, uh, um, you know, nightly rentals kept coming in, um, I realized that we needed to, to find somebody. Cause I was initially thinking my wife could just head home, clean it up, you know, get some groceries while she's here and then head back. Um, but yeah, that it definitely changed from that. So at the, at, we had a couple ladies, a couple friends help us at the time. And then we found a, a young single gal at the church who decided to, to invest in this and, and help us out. And it was really good for her because, you know, she made a decent amount of money as well. Just, you know, you know, a couple hour and a half, sometimes just an hour a day, mm -hmm. you know, not even a day, just, you know, every other day or whatever. However, the, you know, the rental situation worked out and how to get the flow of guests worked out. So found a young gal at our church and she helped us out a lot. I hope she is uh, wanting to do it next year because we're planning on doing the same. So Awesome. So not only did you have that in, in common revenue from working with your buddy down there, but then you had all this as well. So do you get those student loans paid off? Almost. Yeah. I think one more year, one more there. summer and we'll, we'll be right there. So um, yeah, we're just, we're just praising God. He really blew, blew our expectations out of the water and um um, we're trusting that he's going to do that again this year as we just step by faith. So, yeah. It was well, great. how do you navigate? So just a, a question here. How do you navigate wisdom and faith? Because certainly 
God is going to require us to use wisdom principles as we make decisions, but also there's going to be times that he calls us to, to do something, and, and the, the nudging seems to be this opportunity here, but to, to take this opportunity would almost, it's it's teetering the line of wisdom and faith. How do you make mm-hmm. those kinds of decisions? Yeah, this decision, <clears throat> um, for me, this decision was really clear because really I had been like I said, praying for this, something like this decision for almost two years, you know, it wasn't necessarily, Hey, I want to move my family. Not on a whim. Yeah. Not on a whim. I've been praying for something for, for several years, you know, looking for something, trying different things, you know? So like one of the things I tried was, um, you know, when, when COVID happened and the church was really slow, I kind of jumped into construction a little bit more, you know, just to see, just to try to bring in more money, try to, um, really hit these, hit these loans hard. You know, so something I've been praying for for a long time. So when the opportunity came, it was see, it seemed clear to me that this was an answer to prayer. Um, and as as things just kind of continued to roll along, it was kind of just more affirmation. And here's just one quick an- anecdote, um, because the, the the town that we're living, it's a ski town. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of turnover in the in the summer months and the, the winter months. So there's a very, very seasonal vibe going on. And so the housing situation can be very rough. So the like a week before we were supposed to go down there, um, we need to find a place, right? Or because I was going to start work, we didn't have a place to stay. And I just had a had a had a resolve and had a peace that something was going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. something was going to pop. Um, but at the same time, we weren't we weren't you know lackadaisical. You know, we got on waiting lists back in October of 2021 to prepare for 2022. Okay. You know, so it wasn't it wasn't just kind of fly by the seat of our pants. We were intentional. We were trying to put ourselves out there, and the Lord just answered those prayers and took care of us. You know, so mm-hmm. it was definitely it wasn't a whimsical thing. It was something I've been praying for, thinking about for a long time. And then when the door was opened, you know, that was the door. That was that was the time to walk. Yeah. Um. And sometimes, you know, it is as I said. You know, sometimes it's it's I, we're hoping that the the same things happen next year that the Lord will bless us and we can get a lot of work done. Um, but you don't want to presume, right? That's the that's the danger. You don't want to just presume on the goodness of God. Um, but I think that that the healthy balance of of faith, you know, confidence um, that things things are going to work out according to the Lord's will mm-hmm. um, and for your good, you know, whether that's whatever that may be, you know, trying to balance that line of faith and of confidence and and wisdom can be tough. But I think trying to be in that place where, you know, I'm casting my my anxieties on the Lord, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know what you know next yeah, year is going to look like, I think I have a picture of what it could look like. Um, but I'm gonna be faithful what's what's in front of me today, and trust and give my plans to the Lord for for tomorrow. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's good, man. Well, let's postpone the conversation for mornings till the end, because I want to explore this a little bit more. Yeah. So as you know, most of my listeners here in pastoral ministry or have been in pastoral ministry or are considering going into it. And the Bible is really clear that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, root of all evil. But money itself is this neutral tool that is used for the glory of God. When men love God, they are bridled when they have the power that God has given them, when they receive money to use it well, to manage it well, to use it for the good of the kingdom, use it for the good of their family and their generations. And this is just a question I have for you of navigating, you know, you're at this point in in formal ministry where you're doing good work and we don't want to be men that chase money. And yet we do want to be the kind of men that leave an inheritance to our children's children. Right. And there is this somewhat of a dichotomy here of of how, how do you navigate that? Because there's a ceiling in ministry when it comes to wealth and building wealth over the long haul. 
and I don't want to personally be the kind of man that in ministry jumps from better situation to better situation and, and defining better by more money. So right. I'm, I'm locked into a place long term, which means my in, income levels, there's a ceiling there. There's only, only so much you can make in ministry. It gets really weird if you you know become the pastor that wants a salary that's $150,000 or something right. like that. Yeah. But I could go out in the open market here with the skills and competencies that God has given me. And I think I could probably do that in a, in a matter of, you know, several years, but I think I could, with the <clears throat> connections I have do pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you navigate that? I, I mean, I'm, I'm working this out loud with you, but I'm wanting to be the kind of man. Is it through side hustles? Is it through, so how did you personally pray through that, yeah. those, those sorts of things? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, so when I was kind of, you know, wrestling through some of these decisions, you know, because it really, um, it really took me a long time to make a formal decision to, you know, talk to the elders, talk to my lead pastor and say, hey, I think I think I'm going to step down. You know, Alex approached me, I think, back in April or May, and I didn't make the decision until like August, you know, so it took a long time. And I know not a lot of people, you know, especially in the corporate world may not have that luxury, you know, you basically are presented with an offer, and maybe you have a week or two to decide, you know, so I was fortunate enough to really think through these things, wrestle these through these things for a whole summer. And one of the things that I did is I, you know, I talked to my my lead pastor, um, and just kind of had an open conversation. And he was really honest, you know, he's like, you know, with with where we're at economically, you know, because we we live in one of the poorer areas areas of Colorado, you know, like um, several of the counties that make up this big valley we're in are like on the top 10, you know, poorest counties like every year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, not our county per se, but the surrounding counties, you know, so it, it, it is still an impo more impoverished area. And he was really candid, really honest, just saying like, hey, we you shouldn't really anticipate a lot of big salary jumps in the next several years. You're kind of maxed out, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a lead pastor. I was just an associate pastor among three other associate pastors. You know what I mean? So it was kind of spread out there. Um, so having those conversations with him is really, really helpful um, because he's really honest. You know, mm -hmm. he, he wanted the best for my family, you know, whether right. that was to stay in the ministry or to stay you know, in, in, uh, or to go into a different vocation. And I was really appreciative of that because he wasn't necessarily like saying like, you know, the church needs you. So you're going to have to suffer, you know? Yeah. Um, right. and this is your sacrifice for the kingdom of God. And he was really caring for us and he cares for us just as a family and stuff like that. And I think, uh, so that was really helpful for me, you know, to talk through those things with, with, uh, an older person in the faith as a brother, but also as, you know, the lead pastor of the church. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really, really, really helpful. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think in terms of, you know, other pastors and stuff, it is hard because sometimes when I tell people I left the ministry for this job, it almost sounds, um, you know, superfluous. It almost sounds mm -hmm. like I'm just chasing money, but for me, you know, the, the money really is a tool and it's a means to, to other things. Like you mentioned, intergenerational, intergenerational wealth, productive property, paying off debt. You know, we're not, we're not planning to, you know, do anything crazy with this money in terms of status, in terms of ego. Yeah. Right. You know, that's, that's, that's the distinction. You know, if you were to look at our life, you know, we're living the exact same, you know, um, you know, within our means as we were making way less money, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's, that's, that is really a big indicator. I think like, what are you doing with your money? You know, are yeah. you putting it toward your, toward your goals? Do you have an idea with, mm -hmm. with what you're trying to do? Um, but yeah, I mean, when you think about um, a worthy man, um, a pastor who's, um, you know, who has a good work ethic, who works hard, who's honorable, 
um, who is who is fit for the office of a pastor. You know, if he's leading a congregation of 100, 200, 300 people, um, if he were to take those skills that he's applying to the pastoral ministry and take it into the marketplace, you know, if you think about a, a CEO or a, a boss leading a company of 100 employees, I mean, that guy's going to be making a lot of money. Um, and rightfully so, if he's doing his job right. So I think trying to strike the balance between um, not, not undercutting a pastor, not um, you know underpaying a pastor in the, for the for the sacrifice of the ministry, but paying a man what he's worth, um, I think could be a huge benefit to the church, especially a lead pastor. You know, um, and I've thought about this a lot. You know, a lot of um, of our heroes in the faith, um, you know, guys like Calvin and Owen, um, but even contemporaries like John MacArthur and Vody and Sproul. You know, these guys who were paid full time ministry. You know, and I think that if we want as the church and as church members, if we want serious theological reflection from our ministers, you know, it is a full-time job. You know, we can't skimp on them. We don't want them, you know, out um, doing other jobs if they, if they, if we can pay them, you know, what they, what they should be worth. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important for, for pastors, you know, um, try to be paid what you're worth, um, know your worth. Um, and, uh, you know, might maybe a hard conversation with the elder board where you, you might need to ask for a raise, you know, um, or whatever the case may be. But I think that, you know, a worthy man who's honorable and respectable, who could make another living outside the ministry, but has chosen and feels that God has called him to this, um, you know, stay in that position and, uh, you know, yeah. um, you know, make a living from the gospel as the, as the, 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 the scriptures teach. So, well, I think a lot of guys you know, you think about theological trends over the last 20, 30 years, um, suffering and poverty were, were all the rage. And that was in for a while. Um, as you swing against prosperity stuff, um, then, you know, fill in the blank, you know, Calvinism's in for a while, you know, that's cool now. Um, or was, you know, in the early two thousands, there's all these trends that, that, you know, there's this mm -hmm. ebb and flow, you know, and, <clears throat> and then, Coming out of that, for me personally, there's a lot of folks that realize, like, wait a minute, money isn't of itself evil. And then trying to navigate, you know, as they come into post-millennialism, as now everybody's post-mill or a lot of people are, and you think through that and think, wait a minute, I need, as a pastor, I don't agree with Richard Baxter, who said that you shouldn't, as a pastor, as a minister, you should not be thinking about wealth, and you shouldn't be thinking about what he called draining the church's treasury. And most guys don't want to do that. I mean, you're not going to take everything that you're, you know, that the, the giving from the church and say, oh, that needs to be all mine. That's, that's corrupt. But there's also these other things that guys are thinking about of trying to think through this, these, these multiple streams of revenue, whether it be like what something I'm doing with this, the, uh, and I know you're doing with your Airbnb and, you know, I'm doing the, the camper stuff, mm -hmm. but it, it's trying to use the skills that we have not to neglect the work of the ministry, but to do something on the side, pursuing this intergenerational wealth, not from a place of, I really don't think at a heart level, I tried to evaluate this. I really don't think I love money. I never have, but I do love my children. I do love my grandchildren. And, uh, and so I think you've done a really good, good thing as far as trying to navigate the two the call of God in your life. And yet recognizing the skills and competencies you have. And it is okay at times to step away from formal ministry into what you're doing to pursue things for a specific reason. Not that you're setting the call of God of your life to the side forever or something like that, because you're walking in it. I mean, you're a husband, you're a father, you're doing what God's called you to do. So I just think some of those things are really difficult for people to navigate, um, especially through theological shifts. Cause you know, you don't, 
you know, you know, idolatry was big for a while, you know, it still is, mm-hmm. you know, you idolize mm-hmm. everything. It's like, Oh my gosh, can I love anybody or anything yeah. <laughs> um, without idolizing it? Kind right. of thing. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, I'm just kind of thinking out loud and I think you're, you've done a good job of trying to navigate those things. Um, you know, for the guys that don't necessarily have a skill set um, that that's similar to you, how do they go about finding something that's marketable, something that is hopeful to people if they don't know, like, how do you, how do you go around? Like, how can I get this side hustle? You know, how can I do something that is productive? That's not stealing away money from the church or time from the church, but, but how can they pursue that? So what are, what are your uh, recommendations on finding skills that are valuable skills? Yeah. Well, remind me when we kind of get to the tail end of our conversation about morning routines, because mm-hmm. I think that morning could be a really good opportunity for guys to find time. Um, but one of the things that I've just been amazed at is it really is just the internet. Like if you think about it, we have access to a global market through the internet. And I don't know about you, but some of the things that I see that people sell online, I think that is so simple. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? I could have thought of that. I, I, I've needed something like that. And you know, the, the thing that I always come back to for me personally, like my wife and I, we use like cloth diapers a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they were kind of taboo, kind of weird. But when COVID happened, they were all the rage because mm-hmm. diapers were flying off the shelf. Disposable diapers were flying off the shelf, you know, and the, the 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 cloth diapers are really simple. You know, it's, you know, kind of a waterproofing material on the inside, cotton on, on the outside, cotton on the inside and some buttons. They're really simple. And someone just had the idea. I think I could do that better than, you know, disposable diapers. So I think, you know, you know, trying to open your eyes to, to see the things that you engage with and interact with and think, who made that or mm-hmm. why did they make that? And I've been kind of running through that for the last several years and just that, you know, trying to see, can I do this better, you know, mm-hmm. or is there a need here? Um, and I just feel like there, there's, there's 7 billion, eight, eight, whatever our population, world population, 8 billion people on planet earth. Surely if you were to come up with something, someone could buy it. Yeah. You know, if there's right. one person out there, there's probably multiple persons out there who could buy this certain product or service or good or whatever the case is. And I don't have all the ideas. You know, I think about things and I think through things like maybe I could do that. But I just really think that if you if you put your mind to it and if you fill a need, you know, there's probably a market out there. There's probably a niche yeah. out there somewhere, you know, yeah, and, um, and yeah. even with things like that, say you're not that entrepreneurial or anything like that. There are things that are services that you could really get into really easily. Now I've encouraged guys to mow their yard. One of the things that pastors can get into is doing all white collar work, no mm-hmm. uh, manual labor. So one easy way to do that is mowing weed at your yard. And you can take your lawnmower if you've got one. I've got a zero term. You can go out and mow somebody's yard, mow three or four yards, pick up three or four, four yards and pick up some. It's not glamorous. It's not, you know, you know, this invention of something or, or finding a product or this uh new idea that you're bringing to the market or anything like that, but you can get out there and just do the work. I, I remember Wrangler star said one, you've seen Wrang- Wrangler star on YouTube. I don't think I have. I'm not familiar with. Okay. Well, I, I love Wrangler star. He's like a 50 something year old dude. And he's just basically a father through YouTube. And he does all these, uh, oh, yeah. you nice. know, videos about, uh, you know, just living off the grid and this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he encourages guys is if you got a truck, get, go get a trailer and you can make, triple digits a year if you'll just start doing debris removal just mm. get dump removal just just advertise go to people's house say put it all in the garage i'll take whatever's in the garage and bring it to the dump for you and he said you can make big money you can yeah. go do that get three or four garages a day that you go empty out and <clears throat> charge good money for that 
but just being, you know, you can do that on a Saturday, you know, take it, take a Saturday. And depending upon the stage of your life that your kids are in, or even do that a couple of days a month or something like that mm-hmm. and, and get some, something extra to throw in those student loans like Bo's doing, or, you know, save up for, you know, buying your kids a house one day or something like that. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up, but yeah, uh, there are ways to be creative if you'll get after it, if you'll wake up, do the work and, and go for it. Yeah. Well, here's just one quick story. Recently, my brother, he lives, lives up in Fort Collins, Colorado, and they got some snow recently. And, um, you know, he, he just went literally just went door to door asking people, Hey, I'll shove your walks and driveway for 10 bucks. And he made $300, wow. you know, cause people, people would pitch in more money. Like, well, here's 20, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or whatever the case is. Well, go, go do my mom's house down the street. I'll give you 50 or whatever the case is. Now you can't maybe make a full-time job out of that. But 300 bucks in a day, 300 bucks for two hours of work, $150 mm-hmm. an hour cash. That's not bad. That's not bad no. You know, um, so I think, yeah, just finding time. And I guess I'll just say this, um, you know, get for guys who maybe don't have uh, skills or whatever the case is, use those morning hours, um, mm-hmm. you know, use the time that you have, wake up a little early, you know, you, you, if you have to learn a skill, find a product, whatever you have to do, you know, use the time that God has given you outside of the the eight to five or nine to five. And you might be surprised. You might be surprised what you stumble upon. I mean, so many stories about people who just, you know, try to start something online, maybe get on social media and their product, their idea just explodes. You know, yeah. so many stories, story after stories. I know that, you know, you could do it. I could do it. Someone could do it. You know, we could figure it out if you put your mind to it. I really think that's true. Well, let, let's go there. Let's talk about morning routine because I've been a morning guy for a while. I know you have as well. Just go through your morning routine and why it's been productive for you. Sure. Um, so my morning routine is I, I generally try to wake up at five, um, unless I'm recording a podcast with Jared Sparks at three 30 in the morning, I'm up at five. Um, I try, I try to get up at five, usually every day, you know, there might be some days, maybe on a Saturday, I might sleep in a little bit or, you know, vacations or whatever the case is, but I shoot for 5am. Um, and when I get up, I just, um, kind of hit a, hit a glass of water, you know, kind of wake up, turn the lights on, you know, kind of get moving, get the blood flowing. Um, drink some water. I really, really try to stay away from my phone. You know, I've found sometimes if I get on my phone or get on social media, it's just a time suck. You know, I get involved in other stuff that I shouldn't be. So I lay myself, I really try to, you know, it's a discipline, lay my phone aside. Um, after that, I'll, I'll work out. Um, I, uh, my weapon of choice is kettlebells. You know, I have a couple of kettlebells here at the house. I just work out here at home, work out for about 30, 40 minutes. Um, I always finish my workouts with chocolate milk. If you've never done that, I encourage nice. you to do it. Pint of chocolate milk, gold when it comes to recovery and stuff like that. Um, after chocolate milk, I'll make coffee, run upstairs, take a shower. And then when I come down, the coffee's ready, hit my morning devotions, you know, prayer and, and the scripture. And then after that, if I've got some time, I'll just kind of work on some, what I call just random projects, whether it is, you know, recording a podcast um, you know, I'm a, I'm on a founding board of trying to get a Christian school off the ground here. So I'll work awesome. on school stuff. Um, I'll research random, random things I'm interested in theologically, or, um, even business stuff. Like we talked about just kind of poking around, finding stuff. Um, so that's what I, that's what my morning routine generally looks like, you know, and nowadays, since I'm, it's kind of off season stuff, it's kind of slower for work nowadays. So a lot of times I'll get the chance to get the kids up, have breakfast with the kids, you know, that kind of thing. So Um, I really like the mornings. I think it's, I think it's a good time for me to just, you know, be productive. Um, I like to get a jump on the day instead of the jump, the day kind of jumping on me. You know, I always feel like when I do wake up, it's kind of, I'm kind of behind all day. You know, it really feels nice to have some time to myself, have some time with the Lord, 
and get my get my thoughts and priorities kind of straight for the day. So did that take time for you to develop? Are you kind of naturally a morning person or more naturally a night person? How did that process develop you getting to the point where you are now with your morning routine? I think it was was a process for sure. Um, like I told you off air, my dad has always been a morning person. And, you know, he used to wake up at, at like four, you know, to do some work. He was doing volunteer work. You know, he was doing like bookkeeping for the local, you know, rec district and stuff like that. So he would always be up early you know, and everyone would give him a hard time about it. And I thought it was crazy, you know, but now I see the wisdom in it. You know, mm -hmm. now I see that, yeah. you know, I kind of had that example. I didn't follow that example when I was in my father's house, but now I see the wisdom in it. But I think when, when, when I was in college and, and kind of moved out of the dorms into a house, that was kind of the opportunity that, you know, getting up early, getting some devotional time set. And then just over time, it's the time has kind of been pushed back, you know, it mm -hmm. was six and then in, or six thirty, then six and five thirty, then five. And sometimes, you know, you got to get up even earlier, four or four thirty, whatever the case is for if you just got stuff during, during the day or whatever. So, yeah, um, it's been a discipline that I, I really enjoy. And, 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 you know, it might sound crazy to some, but I actually look forward, you know, to the mornings, yeah. you know, waking yeah, up when it's good. dark outside, seeing the beautiful sunrise, you know, that's a, it's a, it's a joy. I, I, found well, I really it also, like it. it provides an opportunity as well. The first time you present yourself to people in the day. You don't look disheveled. You don't look like you're just waking up, getting sleepy out of your eyes. Right. I've got a couple of young guys that I mentor here at the at the uh, at the college, and they're a part of our church. It's interesting, Bo, because I'm at this age now where I'm mentoring these guys and realizing, wait a minute, I'm legitimately old enough to be their fathers, and <laughs> yeah. turning the corner up a little bit where it's like just just the sheer age. There mm -hmm. is a lot of fatherly care then that goes into you know just discipleship, mm -hmm. and these guys stand above almost any college students that I've ever met because they're more, they know what they're there to do. They're not wasting time. They don't party. They love the Lord. They're, they're memorizing the scriptures. They're up early. And anything I ask of them, if I said, Hey guys, I need you tomorrow morning, both of you at uh, six o'clock, I need you to help me out with something here at the house. These guys will be here and they'll be dressed and ready to go. They mm -hmm. would have already made themselves breakfast. They, they're just, I mean, these are the kind of guys that you know, get the job when they go, go to the interview. They're the, they're the, yeah. the, the kind of guys that start the business and do a really good right. job. Yeah. And I'm working with that through them, mm -hmm. but what that's going to be like, one's going to be a pilot. The other's going to be a conservation officer until he builds a, a business, um, taking care of, uh, of land and property, like an independent land management business, mm -hmm. basically. Nice. And, uh, the mornings provide that opportunity for you to get ahead of the game. I like what you said. You said, you, you know, I don't want the day to get a jump on me. I want to get a mm -hmm. jump on the day. Mm -hmm. And then the first time you present yourself, whether it's that morning coffee where you're going to meet somebody for breakfast or that first meeting you have, you're ready to go, man. You've been up three, four hours. You're you're not, you know, just trying to jot down notes because you can't pay attention to what's going on in the meeting. And so I, I think that's critical is just getting a head start on the day and uh, and time with the Lord in the morning. It's just it's it's so good. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. But yeah, I was just going to say, you know, sometimes, you know, there are, you know, the early birds like us, but morning and then, uh, you know, night owls. And I think that, you know, if, if the night is your time, you know, and that, that's fine. But I've generally noticed like those who say like, um, well, I'm a night guy. Well, what you do when your kids are down at nighttime, you're generally not doing your devotions. You're generally watching Netflix, mm -hmm. you know, and it's actually harder. I think it'd be really awkward and to wake up and come downstairs and watch like the first thing I do is, is put on the TV. It just mm -hmm. doesn't seem natural. And right. So I, I really think that the morning is a time, you know, to, it, I don't know. It, it's a time to, you know, like, like we've just talked about, be prepared, you know, yeah. get intentional. So I think well, it, I would encourage the discipline, you know, for, for every man, every person. 
Yeah. And it is a tried and true. Certainly there are people that are night owls that have been productive in history. You can find mm. your examples. And sure. you you may say that that's the time that you naturally are, you know, the most wired to think through difficult problems or something right before bed. But if you do look back in history, there is a a wisdom or a tether of of great men who do set this pattern of getting up early. And if you just mm-hmm. look at the sheer numbers, there's more productive things happening in the morning than there are in the evening. And even in the scriptures, there's warning of warnings about the eat the the night. There's warnings about mm-hmm. what happens at night and the contrast of night and day. And so even just setting these patterns yeah. or even looking at Jesus's patterns of, you know, there's times that yeah. he does stay up through the night. You know, there's there is a biblical warrant or, or at least examples for pulling an all night prayer service, you know, in, in Jesus. But there's these examples of him rising early mm-hmm. in the morning. And I, I think that those are good patterns for us to yeah. to at least lean into and look and observe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, I would commend the discipline to any, any man for sure. I also like, you said that you start the day off with water. I just started doing that just, just recently starting in mm-hmm. the mornings and the evenings, pounding about eight to 12 ounces of water before I go to bed. Yeah. And then when I wake up first thing before coffee or anything is water, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which has been, I think pretty good. And, yeah. um, okay, well, good. So, uh, quick question for you, and then I'm going to pass it off to you to, uh, to tell us where we can find more information about you and everything you got going on. If you guys have enjoyed this content, Bo has, uh, you know, got a podcast that's not as been as active, but it's got some really great stuff, but you're going to be able to make it to the intensive this year. You're going to make the long journey from Colorado to Missouri. Ah, <laughs> uh, I would love to, I would love to, I really would Jared. And I think one day I, I don't want to make promises I can't keep, but I really hope one day I would make it but I don't know if this year is going to be the year. <laughs> you and know, our when, work whatever, season. Whatever year it is, you're going to have your Bo Hutch's 45 minutes to do a uh, some sort of talk topic Perfect. or something Perfect. for the guys. So if you ever Perfect. make it, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, gonna... it's kind of like right right in May is like when our work season starts. So it's, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're going and blowing. So that would be really, really tough to take off. But um, yeah, I would love to make it out. And I would encourage any man who listens to, to go because it, it seems like such a blast and edifying, but also, you know, reviving for the soul and just uh, camaraderie and all that stuff. It seems like a, a good time for sure. So yeah, well, that's the idea is that all those things you just mentioned are included in this event. And absolutely, it really is a lot of fun. It's got some, you know, good friends, good friendships that have developed too over the last few years. So hopefully one of these days. I just may have to make you like the the keynote one year to yeah, bring you out. There you yeah, go. you're gonna have to. Yep. I'll pay yeah, for your travel. Then, yeah, then and, I can't uh, say no. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, tell us a little bit more. I didn't know you're starting Christian school. That's pretty cool. But tell us a little bit about the podcast because I know that the Virtue still has a ton of good content on there. Um, and whether you bring that and revive that back or not, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about where we can find, you know, what you've done in the past? Absolutely. So, yeah. So, uh, the podcast is hosted by the Majesty's Men. Um, you know, majestiesmen.com. Lots of great content there. Lots of good brothers doing good work. That's where you can find the podcast. Um, you can also find it, you know, on if you're a listen on Apple podcast, you can find it there. Just search Virtus, V I R T U S. It's the uh, Latin word for virtue, uh, excellency. It comes from, you know, the Latin word for man, which is vir. And it just essentially talks about, you know, uh, how we how we live as Christian um, men in this society, you know, as virtuous men, as men who pursue excellence in all of life. Um, and I kind of consider it sort of a, you know, sort of a, a teaching podcast, but also sort of like a journal as I walk through my own kind of journey of masculinity. So yeah, feel free to check that out if it's helpful. Praise the Lord. That, that's great. Um, but yeah, you can find me on, you know, social media, Twitter, 
uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Awesome. And I did want to, to mention real quick, if any listeners are interested in coming out to Alamosa, Colorado, and you need a place to stay this summer, um, feel free to reach out to me. And uh, if you want to stay at the Airbnb, we can we can definitely accommodate that and make that happen. I will give you a discount. Uh, I don't know what the discount is, but I would love to connect with you if you want to come um, to Southern Colorado. We would love to have you. So um, there's my plug for the Airbnb. Awesome. If I ever make it out there to do some elk hunting or something like that, I'm definitely going to hit you up with that. Heck and yeah. by the way, we have a mutual friend, Eric Kahn, over at the Hardman uh-huh. Podcast, who uh-huh. commandeered that uh, that Virtus. So if you're thinking, yeah. you know, I listen to the Hardman Podcast, I've seen that or heard that somewhere, just know Bo, Ch- Bo Hutchis had that first. So anyways, that's thanks right. so much. You heard it here right. first. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let the world, let the hearer, listener understand. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Well, dude, it's been a lot of fun, everybody. Thanks for listening in. This has been Bo Hutchess. Subscribe, share, leave a late rating or review on iTunes if you would. Thanks so much. And uh, we hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Bo, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. Always a pleasure.